Hello, my friend, Dennis Gebhardt here with Guru Nation, welcoming you to this episode of Guru In Your Ear, along with my teaching partner, Max Massiano. Max, how are you? Hey, I'm great, Dennis. Thanks for having me here. Ah, good, my friend. I'm real excited because today we get to go into part two of our series on proteins, plexes, and polymers. And so today we're going to discuss the plexes. Oh, that yeah. word. Yes, it is. It has, uh, it is so popular right now. Yeah. You know what I love about our industry is we take words from other parts of the world and we insert them into our business for convenience. Absolutely. You know, it's like when we made demi permanent colors, the word demi never had anything to do with hair color, it had to do with the size of something right <laughs> and so so here we are now with plexus which uh, creates a, a multitude of confusing um thoughts uh people say well, what is a plex you know how does it work is it different than a protein all of those kinds of things so i think the best thing to do would be for you to share with everybody what the chemistry definition of a plex is sure well first off um as far as we know plex is actually a shortened version of the word complex complex is an actual chemistry term and there's a really famous company that ends with the word plex i think that kind of started this whole chain reaction because then other companies copied it and then right. this word plex kind of came into fruition. But in a very simple chemistry definition, a complex is a substance formed by the union of similar substances and held together by chemical forces such as ions. There you go. So to give you an example, I worked for a company. We had a plant-based protein complex. Yes. It was wheat protein, soy protein, and silk protein all combined. And it was basically called a phytoprotein complex. Right. Phyto meaning plant, protein meaning protein, complex meaning it was a combination of these three proteins and it did a job. Yeah, it was a mashup. That's In right. The music business that would be called a mashup. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, here's another thing, you know, in chemistry, copolymers, the word polymer, everybody knows means a coating agent. That's what it does. So a copolymer is more than one polymer in in a in a complex and so if that's the case then a copolymer is a complex too absolutely yeah. i mean even just that prefix poly right yeah it's more than one right absolutely you know so it's a complex so when we think about the plexes because we like to isolate those today in our industry they're really more similar to what we've used in the past than they are different. Right. Um, we know that to strengthen the hair, 
with a cosmetic externally, the only way we can do that is by artificially placing ionic bonds in the hair. There's three types of what we call cross links in there. There's hydrogen bonds, there's salt or ionic bonds, and there are disulfide bonds. So we know that a disulfide bond is what we call a covalent bond. It means it was created by nature. You cannot change it. It's like uh, last night or Wednesday night on our broadcast when they were asking me about mucopolysaccharides. Remember that? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so when you talk about the cell membrane complex between the cuticle layers, Part of that is something called 18-MEA. Now, you cannot duplicate 18-MEA because it is a covalent part of the hair strand, covalent part of the body. You can, however, mimic it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when we talk about using plexes today, we're really mimicking the bonds that are already in the hair and and we do that by using ionic bonds and they are mimicking what disulfide bonds do because here's the great thing about an ionic bond it is strong it's very very strong but the downside of it is that it is temporary meaning that you can use something that that imparts ionic bonds in the hair consistently over and over and over and over again because the bonds are going to not be long-lasting. And that's the one thing I think that people miss when we have this big discussion is that if you could truly replace the covalent bonds in the hair, okay, so that there's a company out there that says they do that, mm-hmm. If you could truly do that, then that's saying that you can take hair back to its virgin state. And and nobody can do that. Yeah, that it'd be really nice if they could, but well, it would be. We haven't seen it yet, have we? Yeah. And I'm not saying that any of those products are bad. I, don't get me wrong. I think they're all good to use. Anything that will protect the hair or strengthen the hair is good to you. I'm a huge right. fan of keeping the hair on the head. Absolutely. And and so all of them do a fine job, but none of them can replace a covalent bonds in the hair. It is against the laws and principles of chemistry. So Dennis, let me ask you this then. So if we have broken covalent bonds in the hair like yes. the disulfide bonds yes and we apply a conditioner that has some kind of plex in it yes it can go in and fill in where those broken bonds are but only for a certain amount of time right and that's why you have to take home a maintenance product that is continually replenishing those as some of the we'll we'll say old bonds old ionic bonds fall out just due to their nature because they're not permanent 
Right. They're they're temporarily bridging, but right. that's kind of how you maintain exactly. that structure in the hair. Yeah. To take it out of the world of hairdressing for just a minute, imagine that I have a wall in my house and I'm going to I'm going to remodel the room. And so the first thing I do is I take off the sheetrock that all our house, that's the what wallboard is in your home. Everybody's home pretty much has that, uh, unless you have an extremely old home where you have lath and plaster. But in this case, it's mostly sheetrock. I'm sure everybody can kind of imagine what I'm talking about. So you take the sheetrock off and you go, oh, my God, one of the studs that's holding my ceiling up has a crack in it. So now I can't take the stud out to repair the crack and put a new stud in or else my ceiling will fall. So what I do is I take another board, a two by four, if you will, and I put one on one side of the stud and one on the other side of the stud and I hammer them all three together. <laughs> so now I've sandwiched the broken right. stud in between two new studs that will now give you great support you know for your wall that's mm -hmm. what we do in the hair we are let we are adding additional support that's why they're called bond multipliers yeah or okay. sometimes reinforcers right exactly because you're reinforcing exactly so that's how Pretty much all of them work in spite of the marketing stories that they tell you. I always say, look, don't believe anything that we say. Ask yourself this question. If truly you prevent the breakdown of disulfide bonds, which is required in order to lighten hair, if you are preventing that or if you are replacing those disulfide bonds, those are permanent bonds in the hair, then why do I have to use a support product at home to maintain it? I mean, that would be the question I would ask. And if they say, sure. well, it, it keeps it keeps it in place. Well, great, then that means that they aren't permanent. They are temporary. It's like you're it's almost like the insurance policy. Right. To to keep it, you know, rolling. Right. Yeah. yeah so then if. You know, I know we talked about this earlier in the earlier podcast about when we would pre-treat the hair, we would create, you know, when we fill in those ionic bonds with protein, we're creating decoys that our decomposing agent like lightener can, will also hit those, right. which kind of spreads the love out, you know, for the bonds in the hair. Exactly. So is that basically the same when, when a lightener says, oh, our lightener has a plex added to it. Is right. that kind of the purpose of that also? Yes. Yeah. I, those people that are actually adding flexes, those kinds of things to their lighteners, um, they are telling you that they have something in there that's going to buffer and help the lightener not be as aggressive. That's all. So it's it's definitely a good thing, but it's yeah. not a one and done thing. And it doesn't mean it's damage free. Right. 
never means damage free because damage is what we do. Cutting to the chase. I know that that hurts for somebody to hear that. Probably makes your ears bleed when I tell you that your <laughs> your profession, you know, you are paid to damage hair. But because damage, the category, we can't escape it. We can't say, well, I can chemically abuse this hair and without damage. That's impossible to do. Right. So you kind of have to embrace that. We, we put a lot of flowery names on it. You know, we say, well, I'm not going to bleach your hair. I'm going to decolorize your hair. Um, I'm actually shifting the bonds in your hair. I mean, we make it sound pretty, but that's what we're doing. And, right. and there's nothing wrong with using them. Uh, they all pretty much do the same job. I've tested them. Um, most of the plexes that have no protein in them, they do nothing to restructure the hair like protein will. Right. And, and many of them are honest enough to admit that. So, you know, protein is a like product that works. It's, it has the same affinity for the hair because the hair is made of protein, protein, and protein. They, they live in the same household. Sometimes sure. plexes, based upon how they are built, don't necessarily, some of them come from the outside world. They don't come from the hairdressing world. And right. so you have, you have to be aware of that. They're not going to restructure the way you would expect a protein to re restructure the hair. So well, nothing yeah, wrong with there's... plexes, but that's what makes them different, if you will. Well, would you say, Dennis, knowing what's in your plex is also a really Amen. handy piece of info? Because I know that there is a company out there that will remain nameless that uses a technology that is basically like the same as acrylic fingernails. Yes, indeed, they do. Yes, they do. They use acrylites in their ingredient deck. And, uh, and, and of course, they that company says um we rebuild the hair permanently well sure if you use and i invite people to google what an acrylite is it is actually liquid plastic that's what it is right. you know um that's not that's not really penetrating into the hair that's our next episode which would be polymers that's forming an artificial coating around the hair. And so, and there's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with using a polymer-based product. So the thing is, is what is my polymer made of? <laughs> right. Because if my polymer is made of a, of a, of an, if it has some ingredients in it that, you know, that are used in the acrylic nail business, uh, I probably don't want to be trying to use that on the hair. So, Definitely. Yeah. So plexes, that's really the, the best way I think we can define plexes. Nothing wrong. I, I'm not going to tell you that, you know, this plex is better than that plex or better than that plex. You know, it, it gets to be a crazy world out there. And Well, uh, I, I was just thinking, you know, it's like, it's a nice to have but it's not a need to have. 
right. we didn't always have plexus in this industry. Right. And, you know, people's hair up until, you know, a few years ago was still staying attached. Yes, it did. So it's more knowing about the structure of the hair, what the hair is made of, being able to identify what the hair needs and, you know, dealing right. with it accordingly. And if you have a Plex, great. That's great to have a buffering agent in your yeah. lightener or an additive to add into your lightener if you want. Right. But it's not going to be, you know, the cure-all. If that hair is barbecued and torched, nothing's going to make it back to virgin that's right that's right and i always say if you wouldn't do the service without a plex don't do it with a plex it's not going to give you that uh, that 10 foot tall and bulletproof uh situation that you think it will um, exactly and, you know those are the things that i think are important to remember i think it's it's you use everything where it needs to be. I mean, my God, now they're putting plexes in demi permanent hair colors. And and I think that is so hilarious because you're using a product, number one, the color will not give you tonal shift if it's a true demi permanent color. You're using it with a five volume, one and a half percent developer. How much damage do you think you're gonna create with that? I mean, right. basically a true demi permit is not even designed to to work in the cortex. It works in, in the deeper layers of the cuticle. So why do you want a bonder? Why do you want that? It's just, again, manufacturers see what the industry does and they follow suit by bringing out a product. You know, in my well, book, Max, I talk about two different types of thought process with manufacturers in our industry. Some manufacturers are market-driven. Being market-driven means that they see that there is a need for a product and they do research and development and they create that product. Other manufacturers are marketing-driven. That means they see an opportunity to add an extra skew to their brand <laughs> based upon the hairdressers chatter and they build that they build that that product and it's not necessarily a major benefit it's not necessarily going to do much but because the hairdressers talk about it so much that's why they create it like hairdressers were in a hurry they couldn't stand and wait 35 minutes for a color to process so then they created 10 minute hair color you know it's like Remember, that's their job is to create products for us to buy. That's their sole job. Their job is not to make you a better person, mm -hmm. a better colorist. So, well, well, and I was just going to piggyback, you know, that demi permanent that has the plex added to it. Yeah. You know, those shades are duplicate shades of, you know, already existing shades, but they're a dollar something more. Yes. <laughs> so, so there's also the, the, the sales piece that's attached to it too, that, you right. know, we all need to yeah. stay aware of. So. so look, I hope everybody kind of got a little bit out of this episode. Uh, we definitely, I am now 
I I now need a suplex. (laughs) (laughs) For your Uh, duplex. uh, Or a duplex, yes, absolutely. But in any case, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, There's not, like I said, when you talk about plexes, it's a really, it's a smaller category than we think that it is. And it's really more similar to episode one, those products, protein, than it is different. But in any case, if if you love the plex you're using, use it, but understand what's in your product. That's so very important for you to do that. In any case, we invite you to follow us on Instagram. You can find Max at Max M. Hare. You can find me at Real Captain Color. If you go to my bio on Instagram and click on the Linktree link and Max's uh, Linktree link as well in his bio, it will take you directly to our educational page where you can take a look at all the educational programs that we offer. We have two great programs coming up here in the next couple of weeks. One is Hair Color School starting October the 9th. The other is Hair Color University starting October the 3rd. It is 30 days of immersion into the color profession. Uh, If you really want to learn what color is all about, we recommend that you come and spend 30 days with us. And uh, we do believe it will change the way you think about color for the rest of your career. In any case, thank you all for listening. And as always, from my heart to yours, I am Captain Color, and I am out. Max, how about you? Until next time, everybody, I am out, and we'll see you again. All right, everybody, listen, have a great week. We will talk to you soon. The preceding broadcast was a production of Guru Nation, a brand-neutral educational resource for salon professionals.